Listener Production. If you have conventional looks in a conventional body, I'm not saying you have to look like Chris Hemsworth or Margot Robbie, you might not be aware of the challenges that some people face. People with a disability or a facial difference. People like Carly and people like me. In this chat, Carly shares some of the toughest moments of discrimination she's had to deal with and the obstacles she has to face on a daily basis. Life isn't always easy and sometimes life is hard. And when it's hard, I want you to know it's okay to acknowledge it. You don't always need to turn a negative experience into a positive one. If something's hard, it can be hard. And in this episode, Carly talks about how she's managed to take all of that and fight for change. Why do you think these conversations about like beauty privilege, ableism, media representation are so important? Because I think it helps share the load. Um, I don't think it's good enough now for people to, you know, not have disabled people in their workplace to only feature airbrush women in media. Can you just can you just explain what beauty privilege is? Because I don't I don't know if I've explained it yet. Beauty privilege is when you're conventionally beautiful. You're probably going to see people like you in in the street or in the media. You've probably never been thrown out of a taxi because of how you look. You probably would get hit on in a nightclub. You're, you're not penalised from how, from how you look because you're beautiful. In fact, you might be given perks. You might be fast-tracked for a job or you might be um, invited to a VIP area or whatever. You might be spoken to in a store, like unlike me, sometimes when I go into a store and I'm just ignored. I reckon in the last sort of 10 years, I've had about 20 cases of taxi drivers not wanting to give me a ride. And the worst one was 10 years ago this year. I was coming home from a conference and yeah. I remember my friend was CEO of the organisation I was due to speak at. It was, you know, one of my quite early speeches in my career, I guess. I said to her, I'll get a train home. She's like, no. We'll get you a taxi. We want you to get home safely. Got the taxi and he said, the the driver was like, what's on your face? You smell. And I said, "Um, you know, do you want to take me or not? His aggression and his Mm. disgust about me was so obvious that I didn't feel safe and I got out of my car. And he thought that my face, he said that whatever's on my face would damage his seats. As a result of the taxi driver thing in 2013, I think in that year it happened three times, uh, I made a complaint. Yeah. To the taxi company. And I also made a complaint to the taxi commission, like the peak body in Victoria, a government organisation. And one of the suggestions that I made in my complaint was to run training to all taxi drivers to say disabled people have places to go. And there's there's also a variance of disability because even though my friends with wheelchairs or with guide dogs also you know have, have such a different disability, they also get discriminated against like I do. And so... I was told by the taxi company, oh, no, we have to wait till something else happens. I'm like, what? You, mm. Like, you're not going to stop at this? And so at the time I contacted um, Graham Innes, who was the Disability Discrimination Commissioner, and I said, this is what happened, I'm not happy with this, and then I took it to the Human Rights Commission. We managed to get some training done, but all through the mediation, they were just there was a lot of pushback, like, oh, taxi drivers don't want to sit through more than 10 minutes of training. There's all these excuses, but hilariously, so the, the video got made a year after, which is great. Sometimes now when I'm in a taxi in a different state, the driver's like, oh, I know you, you you're in our training. So, you know, it, it does it, it does get around, but it's not enough and it still happens, you know, it still happens. Yeah, 
I remember being at the pool in swimmers. I was, I was doing swimming training and a lady said, oh, you shouldn't, like no one wants to see your body. So you shouldn't be, you wow. shouldn't be, you shouldn't be swimming. Um, wow. But like that stuff, that stuff happens just as part of living our lives. To do what you did, Carl, is quite gutsy, you know, like to take things to the commission, to get it investigated, to go through a mediation. And even though it does make a difference at the same time, I couldn't be fucked. Not, yeah. not, not because, yeah. because it's just like, it's just, it's just like pushing shit uphill and it's, exhausting. it's gonna, it's exhausting. Um, there's no financial compensation. It's a lot of energy. I could just get on with my day. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I, you know, like I often say, if you want to be a really good ally to disabled people, help us make a complaint. Actually, the same thing happened when I was mistreated by an ABC host. I had a lot of, I think there were 18 complaints made about that interview on the ABC a few years ago. Are, so. are, you, are you happy to share that story? I, I do know about it, but are you happy to share it? Yeah, yeah. It was funny because for a while, kind of for a year, nearly a year, I didn't talk about it because I didn't want to, I knew it would have an effect on my career because I saw what happened to Yasmin Abdelmagid. Yeah. I saw her being driven out the country for her tweet around um, Anzac Day. So I I was a regular on the ABC. I got invited to go on a show, like a morning talkback show, I don't ever say his name, with a very well-known, experienced male, male presenter, white male presenter. And I say that because there's a power imbalance here. Totally. Much older than me, much more experienced. You know, at, at that time he had a full-time job at the ABC. I was a little bit nervous about it because I, I did listen to his show a lot. I would listen to the podcast quite regularly. There was another host on there as well, again, a quite experienced white woman, older than me, lots of career experience. I'm not white and that's actually quite hard to tell, but, you know. Like, I, I um, did know that. I did know that because I've read your book. Yeah, your mum is from. Yeah, my mum's South Africa. And so there's that. Certainly as a disabled woman of colour, in the media, there aren't many opportunities. No. Certainly, if you're outspoken, like you've kind of got to toe the line here a bit, you know. So I was a little bit nervous about this interview. He asked me to talk about my skin, and that was fine. You know, I do it all the time. It's my job. And he said that I look. He said that I look like a Burns victim, and I understand that was his words. And I understand that um, there is no stigma in that. But also to say that as if it's a bad thing, you know, like mm. if I look like you and if I had your heart and your experience you know that's that would be amazing you know what I mean there's no shame in that but then he also said it wouldn't be good at Halloween and then he said to me what is the weirdest or rudest question worst question you've ever been asked and I said have you had sex because people just you know like especially when I was doing online dating or people are drunk or whatever they ask these really weird questions and I literally have been asked that you know and it was funny because when I did you can't ask that at the end I joked oh there was no can you have sex question and that was on my terms like yeah it's just an intrusive question it's just an intrusive question though and it's almost like that it's that idea that it's your your role in society is to educate others and we want to know everything about your personal life and how your body functions. Mm-hmm. And if I have a question, I, you're obliged to answer. You know, if anyone's listening to this podcast, there is a lot of things that you can do 
you can buy Carly's book, say hello. You can read some of my books. You can, if you're listening to this interview, then that's a really good starting point. But I think just reminding people that if there is something that they're interested in, do a bit of research. Yeah. And so I did the interview. I was kind of laughing a bit nervously. There yeah. was someone that phoned in that was like, this is really awkward. There was another person who was like, you know, Carly should just educate. They sent me the audio. I put it online. I went back to work. I'd only just started my job at the time. I work at Melbourne Fringe part-time. I only just started my job. went back to work and I'm like, this was a really weird interview. Like, is this weird? And they're like, yeah, this is weird. I was looking at my phone, you know, at lunchtime and people had um, live tweeted about what was happening, people in the disability community, and they were like, we are shocked. I put the po- I put the audio online later that day and I didn't really have a lot to say about it. I said, I'm still processing. By that night, it was like trending on Twitter. I made the media. I got an apology. Apparently, it was his first apology in like 21 years. I then was absolutely penalised as a non-paid, very casual, you know, co- uh, correspondent. I wasn't invited back to the ABC for about mm, 10 months until my book was released. I, you know, I still, like I did a fashion parade that year and I pitched the story to them and they, they didn't respond. They unfollowed me on social media, the account. Yeah. I didn't feel like I could talk about it. And then when I did go back to talk about it, like I went to, I did, um, uh, ABC Conversations, which was really great. I got to have a say. Like I got a lot a lot of trolling about it as well. You know, people were saying I was overreacting. People were saying that, you know, I kind of brought it on. They also denied that there are a lot of complaints made and I was not encouraged to make a complaint myself either. I can't say too much, but this, this year there's a chapter in my book, Chapter 13, and it, it it's called like, So Can You Have Sex? And I answer that question for the presenter. We both now have orders of Australia as well. So, you know, there's a bit of an equal playing field now. <laughs> Good on you, Carly. You are, you really are. You've just got guts. Carly will be joining us on another guest pep talk soon. You can find more of Carly on her socials at Carly Finley or head to our website, carlyfinley.com. Thanks for listening to Terea Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener.